Hi all of you. Today is day three of the World Cup, November 22nd. We've had four amazing games and one shocker. I'm not going to be doing this review all by myself. I'm doing it with Bright and Herman. Hello, Ellie. Hello, Herman. How's your day been? It's been a good day. It's been a good day. Just that, I mean, a day full of surprises. I didn't expect Argentina to lose against Saudi Arabia, but... After watching the game, I feel like Saudi Arabia deserved it. Their plan worked well. They set the offside traps well. Their coach showed his pedigree. The team showed that they had chemistry. And, I mean, it's just... You know, I love underdog stories, so I'm just glad they won. Yes. Today, we did have one interesting underdog story. And we also have Bright, who might have predicted a bright future for... Saudi Arabia. Bright, how are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's it's a good day. Uh, it was a shock result for me. <laughs> but it's football. So, yeah. F- football is full of such shock results. So, we'll take it like that. Yes. Since we are already talking about one of these results, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia against Argentina, let me pass it to you, Herman. Give us your review or take on that game. Well, like I said in the opening theme or my opening statement, for me, it was a shocking result. But the Saudi Arabia team or the Arabians were structured. The Saudis came in this game. They knew everything they wanted to do. I love the fact that they were aware of the threats they were about to face. They nullified almost all the threats. And from the game, you could see it was just their day. Their goalkeeper was saving the balls. They had the good offside calls. They, they, were just, they were just meant to win today. And I'm so happy for them. Looking at the game itself, I think the Argentine coach got it wrong in the sense that I, I felt with this game, he should have played a false nine sort of system because well, as soon as we realized that the Saudis were setting the offside traps, he should have played a deep line forward, maybe a Messi in the Guardiola force nine role, so that the other wingers run around them. Because you could see that their figurehead, which was Lutaro Martinez, was just being caught offside here and there. So I, in my opinion, he could have just played a Messi that way, get a Julian Alvarez to be a Julian Alvarez and Di Maria to be on either side of him and just get going. You can't blame the goalies and the defenders for any of the goals. Well, some of them, are, of course, the ball bounced here and there, went to the wing, the guy turned, killed it in. But the Saudis were up for the game. And first matches are always like this. Uh, it gives the reality check, and I think Argentina have got this. Well, well said. Bright, what do you think the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia did well? And have Renard, what did they do well to give us this results. We've all known uh, Reynolds' team to be to play with so much physicality, but my shock was, I think that the Antines didn't do a good scouting work on Saudi Arabia. They came with their normal winning side. This is the lineup they've been playing with for some time now, minus the injured Lucelso. 
So they came in with the winning side, just thinking it will be just an it will be an easy game to to win. But they didn't they didn't find out the strength and weaknesses of this Saudi side, how they play and all that. And you could see the Saudi the Saudi Arabians beat Argentina to their game. You know Argentina and most of these South Americans play with so much aggressiveness and physicality. And they, they, the Argentines just couldn't match uh, the, the physicalities of, of the Saudi Arabians. That was one aspect of the game. And then the Saudi Arabians were also taller than them. They, they were always pushing the Argentines to take the ball to the wings. And once the ball goes to the wings, we are being forced to cross. The, the Saudi Arabians are taller than you. So you can't pose any threats like that. And I like their goalkeeper. He was good on the day, commanded the defense and all that. And it was an all-round performance. They deserved the win. Big ups to them. Yes, Saudi Arabia deserved the win. We also have Matthew on the show. Matthew, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Mr. Ellie. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. The first match of the day was a real shocker. And it looks like the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia have already declared a public holiday to celebrate this win. But going to Argentina, they end, it's ended their, I think, 36 match unbeaten streak. What do they have to do for the next match to make sure that they return to winning waves? Um, I think, firstly, one of the things they did wrong was to grossly underestimate the opponents. Um, I think their winning streak had a way of getting to them. So they grossly underestimated the Saudi Arabians. And I think that showed and told grossly on them when they were playing. So I think the, the first thing they will have to do is to rejiggle their minds. This is the World Cup. The World Cup has no winners. On paper, yes, it was obvious that um, Argentine had a good streak, but on the ground, was very different. If you look at the intensity of the game, if you look at the runnings, they, they need to find a way of bringing all of that back. And they do have it. But at the point where they decided to put on all of that, the game was far gone. So I think that's the first thing that Argentina would probably have to look at. Um, putting, not taking anything for granted, just by the fact that they have won so many, they are the defending champions. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean everything will come as easy as they, they probably see it. The, my second option is, I think they should try something different in attack. It, it looked like the 4-4-2 was not but really... But it has been working for them for such a long time. Why do they, should they change it? Because they have been figured out. It had been working for them for about 36 matches or so. It is... In football, that's what happens. Someone will figure you out. And, you know, the heavy Renard is not uh, just a minion. He's, he's quite experienced in terms of coaching. And also note that the Saudi Arabian team had its core team from Al-Hilal. And the Al-Hilal squad where the, I mean, they were the players that played against Chelsea in the Club World Cup, they gave, really, they gave Chelsea a very tough time. More than 80% of that squad are in this Saudi Arabian team. So they have chemistry. They have understanding. They have flair. The vice captain, Al Dasari, the guy was quite good. How he handled the ball, the composure. They had built that momentum. And you could see even before they started the match that they were not into play. 
you get it. They took the rhythm out of the Argentine game. And I think that's what other teams will be looking out to. If you have set the balance in the Argentine team, you are more likely to get a lot out of them because their midfield are not ones that can overly hold the ball and be difficult to, especially if you are pressing them. Because uh, Rodrigo de Paul, Paredes can't, they're, they're not very, they're not known to be serious ball holding midfielders like some other people, other jurisdictions will have it. So I think that's what happened. They were just figured out. It was just their time. It would help them a lot if they can make some changes to their formation. I would have even suggested that rather than playing a 4 4 2, they, they switch to a 4 3 3. Just put a lot more in their time because it looked like they were making the incursions and the finishing was becoming the issue. They could throw on power, Dybala. I mean, they have they have the talent on the bench that they could use uh, to their disposal. They have uh, McAllister who plays for uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. They, they have the they have Angel Korea. They have the people. They have the guys who can come in and make a difference as and when the need arises. So I think that's what will help them at least to prevent them from being surprised in their next match. They, they really need to make some changes. Okay. Now, I think we've spent a lot of talk time on this. So maybe let's go over the other three matches that we saw today. With you, Herman, on the Tunisia-Denmark game, it was a surprise that it ended nil-nil the way it did. But tell us your thoughts on, on that game, Tunisia-Denmark. So for my end, it was a surprise for me. I was expecting Denmark uh, to, you know, Denmark, they usually do all in tournaments. And I feel like they've come of age with some of their players. I was expecting them to beat Tunisia. But as you know, the Tunisians are no a walkover. They don't concede a lot and they don't score a lot. So when I saw the 0-0 scoreline, I knew that, okay, these guys had gone in to actually get a point. And in a World Cup game, getting in a World Cup first match, getting a point is good because it sets the ball rolling for you. So for from that game, what I did realize that I think the Denmark team was pushing, but Tunisia still kept were still afloat. Um, I was expecting that the, the Danes to actually do something because I felt like they had a good midfield. And I, I saw Ericsson in there, I saw Hoybier in there. So I was expecting them to take control of the game early. But like I said, it's a walk-up game. If you don't score early, the other opponent just grinds for a draw and they get a point. And at least they make sure that they give themselves a chance in the next matches. Another team or another set of teams who played to a nil-nil draw was Poland and Mexico. Bright, tell us your thoughts on the game. Uh, I predicted a a goalless draw prior to this game. Wow. I just didn't I just didn't share with anyone because when you look at the two teams, you don't really see any cutting edge, especially the lineup both teams uh, uh, brought out and then the I mean the systems too but big ups to Ochoa again. He's a man who never who never ceases to amaze us. He's he came he came to to, to, to the World Cup to do his thing once more. And that save was some, a close. It was a close save. Stopping that Lewandowski penalty and giving his side a point was was 
was a, was the highlight of the game. For me, it was one boring game for me, but it, it, the the game was just calling for a goal, and the goal never came. When the penalty came to Landowski, couldn't convert. We can I can only go ahead and congratulate and or Lord uh, Otua for his heroics in the game and the World Cup as a whole. Well, for the last match of the game, we did have some heroics, heroics from Oliver Giroud, uh, most notably, who, was now, who is now the joint top scorer for France. Matthew, tell us your thoughts on the game where France won 4-1, no, yeah, 4-1 against Australia. Yeah, um, guys, just as bright, I also predicted it, but unfortunately, I didn't share the prediction. Anyway. This is becoming very dubious when you say you predicted it, but you didn't share. How can we really prove that? Yeah. What you say? That was, that? That was just, that was just, that was just by the way. But, you know, uh, <laughs> France, France showed clearly that they were on top, but when they started, the early jitters got to them. Um, Australia took the lead and. I think for some time, it looked as though they were on the back foot. But as the game went on, and Charmaine, the confidence grew, and Kylian Mbappe started getting into the game more. He started making injections. And, I mean, if you look at even the stats, it tells you, it tells a story. 23 total shots in the game, right? That, that tells a story about seven off target, seven, um, 10 on target. And the rest were blocked. It, it, it tells a story that on the day, the I think football is 90 minutes. If you start, you play about 10, 15 minutes and you score a goal, that is not the end of the story. You should keep your composure, you should keep your steady and defend very well if that's what you're going to do. But unfortunately, the Australians could not hold their own. It was they started very well, they scored, and unfortunately, they, they lost. They lost the concentration. The French team also kept on coming. At a point, I thought it was even going to be seven, but thanks to the heroics of the um, Matt Ryan, for the Australian goalkeeper, I would have been more. I, I was I was a little disappointed because I was expecting another, um, you know, like a surprise package in, in the tournament, as we have already seen from Saudi Arabia, but unfortunately, the Australians could not hold it. I think all in all, um, Olivier Giroud showed why he's one of the like unsung heroes. He is the unmentioned player in any team. He's always there, going about his business quietly, winning the trophies, taking the accolades, and just being the silent killer he has always been. Finishing when he has to, heading when he has to, giving dashes when he has to. I think on the whole, his grace makes him the man of the match for me. Even though uh, and Kylian Mbappe was a little wasteful for my liking, but I think as the competition goes on. He would pick up. I think uh, France did enough as a defending champion. I think for the first time in about three or four editions of the World Cup, we won't have the defending champions exit out of the group early. Yes, I think we can safely say with that, with this France team, the curse of the, defend, the defending champions has finally been broken. Yeah. Now, are you sure? It's just one match. Why are we saying that? Well, well, I think if you look at the other teams, you feel that Tunisia, at least France, can get a win. And then that's, the, that's them over the line. But what am I saying? This is a World Cup and anything can happen. Anything can happen. Let's look ahead to the next round of matches tomorrow. 
match day four. We have Morocco playing against the last finalist, Croatia. Let's go back to you, Matthew. What are your thoughts on the match between Croatia and Morocco? I think, I think for me, if you watch the match day so far, the first African team to have played um, lost. The second one, which is um, Senegal, the second one to have played was today, they do. And that was Tunisia. Tomorrow we'll have Morocco, the Atlas Lions of Morocco, mounting against the Croatians. And I'm expecting them to win. Um, I think it's going to be a cracker. Um, the Croatians are no minos. They were at the last final, so they know what they're about. Luka Modric, Ivan Perisic, um, Marcelo Brozovic. I mean, they have they have the players. They have the pedigree. They have the names to go with it. The Moroccan team, they they seem to be there and there about. They, today, they are there. They are showing what they are made of. Tomorrow, they're just lying low. I think if the attack of the Moroccan team are all going to show up tomorrow. Then tomorrow is going to be such an interesting game. You're looking at the likes of Sufyan Bufal, Onesri, Amala, Hakim Ziyech. If, if they are all going to come and have a very good day on that is tomorrow, the match is going to be an exciting one because goals will be flowing. And I'm expecting um, the Moroccan keeper to have so many saves to do, and um, I think Sevilla keeper Bono, I'm expecting him to be also making so many saves because he's receiving so many shots in which he has to save if he wants Morocco to win. Well, you know, I think tomorrow's match um, between Morocco and Croatia is, is, is going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm expecting Morocco to win. I'm expecting Morocco to win by a slim margin, just by a slim margin. If it doesn't happen, then it needs to for reference for tomorrow before you say. You knew the scoreline, but you didn't share it. <laughs> what is going to be the scoreline tomorrow? Oh, early, early, early. Okay, so um, Morocco would win by a goal tomorrow. All right, 1 0 to Morocco. And then the next game is going to be on Japan versus Germany. Germany look like um, one of the potential champions, so the favorites. Bright, um, talk us through how you see Japan versus Germany going. For for Germany, you know they are still under, uh, they are still building their team. It's a young team, but it's you, you can't write them off. You know the German machines; they are they are used to the big stage. They, are, they, they they've been to the World Cup several times. So, for me, this game and the Japans were so used to these European sites. We see, we saw them in the previous World Cup and they, 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 at least they did well. I quite remember the game against Belgium where they went two goals up but ended up losing. So I, 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 I see a, a scoring draw in this game. Even though the Germans say, look like favorites, I see a scoring draw in this game. See oh, a Germany maybe you a two-two two. two, two draw. Okay. Yes. For reference sake, I don't want you to come to far and say you knew the scoreline, but you didn't share it with us. <laughs> All right, that's well noted. Two-two from Bright. 
Herman, the third game of tomorrow will be Costa Rica against Spain. Spain are also one of the favorites. Actually, they are my pick to be champions of the entire tournament. What is your view or your what are your thoughts on Costa Rica who have Kilo Navas against Spain? Well, Costa Rica has Kilo Navas, Spain has Alvaro Morata, they have a Ferran Torres, they have a Gavi, they have a Sergio Busquets. I think the Spanish team is really playing as a unit. I'm tipping Spain to beat Costa Rica just because I think and I believe the Spanish team is well drilled by Luis Eriki. Lucho will never give up. And you know what? He selected the best team. And you see them. They move as a unit. And it's so interesting how they play. And the details of their play is so interesting. that you, Anytime. And myself, I'm a fan of them. So I'll just come sit down and watch them also. Because I, I want to see how they do. I'm also tipping them to go far in the tournament. And I don't think Costa Rica is any roadblock they can't jump. Costa Rica is not an obstacle to Spain progressing far in this tournament. The final game of the of match days four actually sees Canada with Alfonso Davis against Belgium, who have players like Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne. Matthew, talk us through that game of how you see Canada versus Belgium going. Um, I, I wish I could say it's one of those matches that um, the underdog can come up and spring up a surprise. And and for the fairness of or for the balance of game, you would want something like that to happen. Because if you look at even Belgium, their last three matches, they have lost two. One was against Egypt. They lost 2-1 to Egypt. They lost 1-0 to the Netherlands, the Dutch. So defensively, you can tell that there's a problem there. What Canada would have to do is to make sure that they are taking a lot of focus off their defending, right? Because you can only make attempt to score and actually score when you try shooting. Be just there, you may not necessarily get the full focus on testing the Belgian defense. Because if you leave the Belgian defense untested, then you put yourself in a lot more trouble because then you have to defend, you have to be facing the likes of De Bruyne, you have to be facing all the fluid in attack, Leandro Trossard, you have to be facing all of them, Yuri Tillemans, in order to even get uh, your way into their box. So that's my advice for the Canadians. They really have to put a pin on not defending. They have to be cautious in making sure that if we are going to get anything out of this game, we are going to get it by coming forward and testing the Belgian defence because their defence is not the strongest. They have proven over the years that their midfield and their attack have been fluid and solid, but their defence, over the last three games they have played, Egypt have shown the way, the Dutch have also shown the way. So the Canadians can also do And I think if you look at Canada to their last two matches, they did quite okay. They drew against... Bahrain, but they beat Japan, right? With all the all the Japanese crap. So you'd be expecting that at least with that uh, momentum would push them to be able to at least make some incursion against uh, Belgium. But I think on the balance of play, on paper, and at least from what I've seen, 
and Belgium look to have uh, an upper hand over over Canada. So we are looking at the scoreline like a three one or a three zero. But the Canadians can do something good for themselves if they decide not to play a lot more defensive, just be a little bit adventurous, come forward, try your shots, use your set pieces. Well, who knows? You could get a surprise. With that, we've ended our daily review of the FIFA World Cup match day. You can join us on the FIFA Fantasy app where we are playing against each other with in the match predictor, the daily fantasy, and yes, the classic fantasy team on FIFA. You can just search for us on Miss Soccer and you'll be able to join our league. Thank you, listeners. Keep listening to us on your favorite podcast app. We appreciate your feedback, share your comments, and we are out.